Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each week, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a speech-language pathologist, and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more families and share our values of education, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to Ayalet, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, 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 hello to the children, hello to the grown-ups, hello, 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 hello to your friends, hello to my friends, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song, and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Today we are speaking for the second time with Carrie Clark of the website Speech and Language Kids. So let's give her a special welcome. Hello to Carrie, hello to Carrie, hello, 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 hello to all our new friends, hello to all our old friends, hello, 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 one last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 51 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I am thrilled to bring back my friend and colleague Carrie Clark, a speech-language pathologist who is the founder and owner of Speech and Language Kids, as well as the new SLP Solution brand. Very exciting things happening. Through her websites, Carrie breaks down complex research and theory into step-by-step guides for treating a variety of communication problems. But today we're going to be talking about another side of Carrie. Carrie is also the mother of two young children, one of whom has sensory processing disorder. So Carrie, welcome back to Strength in Words. Thanks so much. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So I have asked you to come on the show today to speak Again, not as a speech-language pathologist, but first and foremost as a mother. So let's just start by, if you could give us a little bit of insight into your transition into motherhood. Can you think back to that time and what that was like for you, both sort of logistically in terms of what your life was looking like at the time, and then emotionally, of course, any of those 
relatable, raw, early mama feelings that you can describe? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but let's see. So I was working in the, the public schools as a speech language pathologist and knew that we were going to start trying to have kids. And I wasn't super fond of the idea of working all day at the schools and putting my little one in childcare and all that. So I started my own private practice pretty much around the same time. I went, I quit my job at the schools. I think like my last day at the schools was right around when I found out I was pregnant. And so I was starting that business and my website business while being pregnant and <laughs> trying to make all of that work at the same time, which some days went really great, some not so much. <laughs> um, and so then we, once we had him, I, I worked part-time, I guess you would say, with my private practice while my parents watched our son. So nice. that was, that was kind of how we got started. And it's just evolved and crazy different ways than I ever would have imagined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all have to do just what works, whether we're home, whether we're at work, or whether it's somewhere in between. It's always interesting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then what about, you know, when when you had a child, what was that like for you emotionally and coming into new motherhood? Can you get into that sort of space with us? I think that's a very relatable experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when, so now we're getting sort of fast forward a little bit. When did you first suspect that something was actually a little bit different about the way that your son was developing? What were some of the signs that stood out to you? So hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back on it, we had signs as early as probably six months that I can look back and be like, oh yeah, no, that wasn't, that's not normal. Uh, but he was our first. And when I was working, like all the clients I've ever worked with are really severe, you know, so they have mm -hmm. a lot of needs and a lot of problems. And so my, my bias for like what's normal, quote unquote, was so skewed. And so like, it just, you know, like, it's like, okay, well, this child screams bloody murder if you try to put something on his feet. That's probably normal, right? That's like a normal baby thing. Babies just hate things on their feet. But like little stuff like that, that like, it just, that must just be it. Or, or I would say, oh, he's a little quirky. You know, like, there's a lot of quirkiness in the world. Um, and so it, we we did that for, for quite a while. And then, so it was right after his third birthday, a year ago, um, we went on a trip. 
and we were in a bathroom, and there was like one of those super loud flushing toilets, you know. Mm. Um, and so he he was standing right next to it when it went off, and it scared him. And I was like, yeah, that was loud. Like, cool, no work, no worries. Um, didn't think much of it. And then for the rest of that trip and like the next two weeks, he cried and screamed every time he had to go to the bathroom. And it was like, what is happening here? And so I was like, okay, well that's that's too much. Like that was in my head where I was like, time out. Let's go. Let's let's look at this a little deeper. And so I called one of my friends who's an occupational therapist, and I was like, yeah, I just you know where's the line between like quirky and an actual problem when it comes to sensory stuff? And so she's like, well, just like write down all the things that you think are a little quirky. And I start writing this list, and as I'm going down, and there's more and more it was like just kind of a light bulb where I was like oh my god why did I not see this like <laughs> I wish how did I miss this for three years so that was a little bit depressing <laughs> when I hindsight that. is 2020 <laughs> yeah 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 and like when you see it all on paper yeah. that's so much different than just looking at your kid you know I totally get like I would always do as a language pathologist I would do those like developmental checklists with a parent and like walk them through this and like seeing that on their faces and then having that same experience with my own kid it was like oh god this is horrible (laughs) why do we do this (laughs) but you have to get there you know you have to have that moment of oh okay well we gotta fix this like there's actually something wrong now (laughs) right so prefacing this by the fact that as we know from previous podcast episodes which we've done with other speech language pathologists and occupational therapists who've described to us things about sensory processing and sensory processing disorder we process sensory information in many different ways obviously there are many different senses also and how one child experiences sensory input is a very different way from how another child does especially when we're talking about a child who is sort of over and under processing that information so with that preface can you tell us a little bit about what were some of those quirky things that that you noticed within your child yeah he seems to over-process, like you said, and some he seems to under-process. And so, for example, um, like whole body movements, like being able to move his body, he seems to be under-processing that in that he craves and needs so much movement just to keep his, like, center of, of calm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so he's he's my, my climber, my jumper, my bouncer, my, like, he's all bouncing off the walls most of the time uh we for christmas they got an eight foot trampoline in our playroom that's what we have in our playroom right now because like they need that then both of my kids are kind of like that (laughs) and you know that's one of those things it's like oh well he's a little boy he's just an energetic little boy right like so many little boys are like that yeah but he takes it to such an extreme where it's you know if he doesn't get that kind of sensory input all day long then he's like screaming and throwing fits all day long and it's like just mess you know mm-hmm. um so that was one where like he under processes sound is one that he over processes where too much sound is very he can really have trouble with that um you know like we couldn't run the vacuum around him we couldn't run the blender around him and he was very self-aware of that and so he would actually advocate for himself which was awesome so we'd be like you know cooking and he'd see the blender and he'd say whoa are you about to are you gonna do that because i'm gonna go over here and we're like okay yeah i'll wait go ahead <laughs> You know, and so, like, 
like it was he was still functional you know it's not like he was not functioning he just had a lot of different issues when it came to some different sounds or his brother was a big trigger for him so we had a baby when Mm. he was two and a half and his little brother had uh, a bunch of allergies food allergies that he was getting through what I was eating like through the breast milk and so he pretty much just like screamed for a month straight until we got some of that settled down Uh, and so that the screaming obviously was like a huge trigger and then for some reason his brother touching him in any capacity was a trigger Mm. so that would completely set him off still does Mm. to to an extent they're getting a little better now but like any sort of touch or sound from his brother was like we're done (laughs) and so you know as you can imagine having two children in the same house (laughs) that happens a lot yeah (laughs) it was meltdowns all day long yeah we had a wonderful occupational therapist jill loftus come and speak with us about a month ago about sort of the difference between tantrums and sensory meltdowns but can you give us in your own words and your own experience how how do you navigate that the difference and what are some of the ways that those things look different in your family so i will say i I struggle with this sometimes is knowing yeah like what I try to keep in my mind is um, a tantrum they're doing for a reason and a meltdown they're not in control of, you know? And mm-hmm. so sometimes if I suspect it might just be a tantrum, I'll use like a quick trigger that I know will turn it off. Like, oh, did you know we have marshmallows in the cabinet? Like just to kind of test my theory almost, you know? <laughs> not like I'm like rewarding you with a marshmallow every time you throw a fit, but like if you can turn that off to go get your marshmallow, then that's like, okay, now I know that situation. You're just working it. Yeah. <laughs> Usually the the meltdowns are like, they will be triggered by a hair. You know, like something entirely minor happened. Like he drops his sock and then all of a sudden the world is ending and you're like, that was weird. Like that didn't connect necessarily mm. in my head as something you should tantrum about. But it kind of blurs sometimes. The lines definitely blur. It can. Do you feel like there are sort of the sensory meltdowns are connected, that you can connect them to some sort of outside input that is triggering something for him? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes I have no clue. Right. Um, Because I think, like, sometimes it's like, oh, well, you just didn't move enough today. And so, like, that's not a clear, it's hard to connect that. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I can say, oh, yeah, looking back on it, like, we had a lot of TV time this morning. That's probably where some of this is coming from. Um, Or sometimes it's super obvious, like the toilet, where you're like, okay, every time I put you on a toilet, now you're screaming like that. That right. one's pretty easy to figure out. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I think because so many toddlers, all, all toddlers struggle with this ability to self-regulate. But mm-hmm. it's it's when you have this added factor of actually just the world <laughs> is difficult and it's not just my big emotions that are difficult. Yes. One of the hardest things I've had to deal with is other people's feedback and perceptions Mm -hmm. on this because it's not a diagnosis that most people know what it is. You know, if you explain it, most people are like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But like, okay, so from the outside, I have a kid who throws lots of fits and is really active. Okay, well, yeah, that that does look like every other, sound like every other three-year-old boy. I get that. But then when you have someone being like, why do you think he has sensory processing disorder? Or why do you think he needs therapy? He's fine. He's just a little boy. Let him be a little boy. Hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I think I know my kid better than you. But, you know, maybe you're the expert on my kid. Let's let's see what you do with it. <laughs> yeah. 
happens if I if I let him stay with you for a couple hours? Let's see how that goes. For an hour. Let's see what happens. Right. Ooh. So what are some, if you could do a little bit of education with those people <laughs> and in your best self, right? When, when you're not like engaged in that emotional, like defensiveness, what, what would you say to that? So I try to, I try to phrase it in ways that I think it'll make sense to other people. You know, if I feel like they're receptive to that, if, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, you're right, little kids, uh-huh, move on. But if it's like a family member or somebody who's going to be around us a lot, I like to phrase it as like, okay, well, he experiences sensory information differently. So sometimes the things he experiences, like sounds, they come in really loud. It's It comes in hot and heavy and too much and he can't handle it. And sometimes things come in really quietly and he doesn't feel them enough, like the movement. Mm-hmm. And so he needs to do more of that. And all of that keeps his brain, I like to use the fight or flight analogy is like he's in fight or flight mode all the time because of this bombardment of sensory information that he can't process and so when you're in fight or flight then every little thing sets you off all day long and then you can't sleep at night and then you're sleep deprived and you're in the it it just it's just really hard to be him yeah (laughs) that's generally how I explain it I think also that that sense of this is a cycle actually this is a cyclical effect and the more we can support that not to happen the easier his life and and all of our lives will be (laughs) that's great so okay Carrie let's take a just a brief break to hear a word from our sponsor and then we are going to hear a few tips and resources from Carrie about the kinds of tips and resources that have been most helpful for her as a parent parenthood is the great equalizer regardless of cultural linguistic or socioeconomic background All parents face that enormous responsibility of raising humans. We help parents and caregivers feel nurtured so you can find the joy in the mayhem. We weren't meant to parent in isolation. The Community Lab is a content and community hub that brings you peace of mind. You have what matters when you need it most. Bite-sized morsels of developmental information, activity ideas to apply right now, Parent support groups so you can feel empowered and supported in your parenting, developmental music classes, unprecedented access to professionals and special guests like the one we have today, and an active, engaged community of others like you. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that is not one-size-fits-all. To take your free one-week trial and join us for everything I've just described, as well as member access to Q&A sessions with the featured guests I bring onto the podcast, Come check out community.strengthandwords.com. All right, Carrie, what are those things that have actually been helpful for you as a parent of a child with sensory processing disorder, right? One parent to another, many parents to you. What is one or several things that you'd like to convey to others who might suspect their child has high sensory needs? Uh, Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, every kid's different, so don't feel like if I give you a strategy and it doesn't work that you're doing it wrong or there's something weird about your kid. No, they're all, they're all different. And especially when you come against issues like sensory stuff, you know, everybody's going to have something that works differently. Um, I think the most important thing is just go get help. You know, don't feel like you have to suffer through this alone. Don't feel like you have to try to figure it out on your own because there's somebody who already knows all this information in their head and they can, they can give that to you. So don't feel like you have to do it alone. Uh, In terms of, tips that have helped at home the biggest thing for us is heavy work which is this concept of 
getting your your child to do something with their body, do something that approaches maximal effort. So they're doing, they're using their muscles, they're using their breath, they're moving their body fully. I think our lifestyle these days is really, it's very sedentary. It's very, we don't move enough. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not out on the farm milking, most of us are not out on the farm milking cows and collecting eggs and all that thing, all those things all day. If that was the case, my son would be a rock star. I'll tell you what, he would be the rock star of the farm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We should live on a farm probably because he, like, that's what he needs. He needs movement. He needs exercise. He needs a job. He needs a purpose. Um, And so sometimes we have to build that into our day and, and be cognizant of that while I'm planning activities or while I'm suggesting things to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So heavy work. Uh, I actually have a Pinterest board. Maybe I can find a link to that. That'd be great. Uh, We'll put it in the show notes. Perfect. I just started taking pictures of my son doing different things that I was like, Oh, he, he's really into this and it's helping his body. I just would take a picture and put it on a Pinterest board and no joke. It was for me. Like uh, it's on my Pinterest board for the speech and language kids brand. Cause I'm like other people probably could use this too, but it, it was just cause I will sit there going, Oh my God, we're having one of those days. Like he's so crazy. What could I do right now? That would help. Now, mm-hmm. Oh, I got a Pinterest board for that. So then I just go through and like look for the things that will work. Um, and so things like we have a little mini vacuum, like a, you know, like a hand pack and we, we put it on the ground and he crawls and pushes it and vacuums up like under the table. We do that after every meal, even Perfect. if it doesn't need vacuum. He loves it. He thinks he has a job that's really important, which he does. I mean, I would like my, my floor back, <laughs> uh, but it also helps his body. And so, um, you know, I will, I will say he's better with sounds now so that the sound of that mm. doesn't bother him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things like that where they have to push or pull, um, stacking chairs, moving chairs, Oh, I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones are. Um, blowing and sucking mm-hmm. is actually really helpful for him. Which As in through a straw. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like a whole body movement. But if you have, like, for example, if you have a, a thick smoothie and you have him drink it through a thin straw or just, I mean, a normal straw, mm-hmm. he has to suck really hard, which which works his abs and his diaphragm and all of that. Or, um, like, get a straw and blow cotton balls across the table. Yeah. He has to really focus and use a lot of breath to do that. So sucking, blowing, chewing, we have, we give him crunchy foods a mm-hmm. lot. So lots of heavy work, guys. lots of getting his body moving and doing maximal effort. That's great. Wonderful. We actually also have a previous episode of the Strength and Words podcast with Mama OT, Christy Kylie of Mama OT, who gave us some wonderful ideas for heavy work. And I'll link to that as well. Nice. That's I great, Carrie. Excellent. Yeah. The other thing that helped us quite a bit was we did about six months of therapy with a, um, a chiropractor mm. who's local in my area, um, and he went through a special training, and I wish I could say what the name of the training is or where he got it, but it's basically like brain integration kind of exercises where it's trying to, it's looking at primitive reflexes, so mm. things like, you know, the reflexes that babies have. Um, like when you touch their palm and they grab your hand, that's the palmar reflex. So for him, for whatever reason, those reflexes that should have gone away in the first year of his life, he held on to those to some extent. Mm. And it was really interesting because we sat down with this chiropractor and he tested these things. Like he would tickle the palm of his hand. Like for me, I'm just like, oh, that kind of feels funny. You know, like no big deal. Um, he did that to my son and he was like, get it off. And was like rubbing his hand and like, oh, yuck, oh, and like never noticed that reaction before but I'd also never tried tickling the palm of his hand why would I do right, that right right and so 
that like that was just like an indication that his nervous system is not it's not all integrated it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing mm. in whatever capacity um, so we did about six months of therapy with him of these very specific exercises that work the brain to integrate those reflexes mm. and so we did that along with some chiropractic adjustments and he does like diet modification stuff too to like avoid allergens and triggers mm. and that kind of thing and so that was really helpful I we need to go back and do another round probably but we were doing really well for a little bit so I was like yeah let's kind of see how we do and you know it kind of cycles but yeah that was really helpful so his program is called Elevating Kids Elevating Kids great we'll take a look at that and they're working on getting that system online I think they're going to put it on Teachable so you can actually buy like the exercises nice. um, and watch the videos and do them at home their website's elevating-kids.com cool so that would be the resource that I really like very cool is there any other favorite resource for parents interested in learning more in general that you have? Um, I'm trying to think. I did read a couple books. I think I think it was The Out of Sync Child Has Fun. Mm. That one was a really good one because it had a bunch of different activities and games in it that I thought was really helpful. I feel like, you know, being in my profession, I understood sensory process pretty well, so I didn't need like to read up on what it is and how it's functioning. And honestly, sure. like, what do I do right now with my kids? So I like the out-of-sync child has fun because it's activities. But there, there's also the out-of-sync child. For more background time. information and basic. Yeah, that's great. Great resource. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. I think those would be my top ones, my top resources. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. Well, thanks so much, and thanks to all our Community Lab members who are listening here live. We are going to continue the discussion and open up for a Q&A session for you guys in just a minute. But for everyone listening from home or on the go, thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye bigger kids. Goodbye to the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to Carrie. Goodbye Ayalit. Goodbye to this music we laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength in Words, you can do so by heading to strengthinwords.com and joining Strength in Words Weekly, where you can receive weekly ideas and developmental information applicable to your infant or toddler's developmental age to maximize that connection between you and your baby. And to bring you peace of mind, you have the resources you need at your fingertips. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. Don't forget to check out community.strengthinwords.com, your content and community hub that supports and nurtures you so you can nurture your tiny humans. Come take a one-week trial on me. See you next time.